Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 to verse 6. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But God. Say with me, but God. My situations were bad, but God. Huh? I was living a pathetic life, but God. I was caught up in sin, but God. I had no hope. It was hopelessness, but God. But God, those two words can change our life. That's enough to change our life. What does he say? He says, but God, the nature of God is being rich in mercy. He is rich in mercy. Like mercy, he is so full of mercy that mercy is just overflowing out of him. He can't just contain him. He is not lacking in mercy. He is rich in mercy, right? Look at his motivation. The motivation is because of the great love with which he loved us. But this is fine. Okay, God is full of mercy. That's his nature. His motivation is that he is full of love and he loves us. But look at the context. When did he love us? When did he love us? Even when we were dead. Not when we got our act together. Not when we became quote-unquote holy. For God so loved the world, not just Christians. God so loved the world, the hypocrites, the atheists, the adulterers, the people who struggle with anything and everything. So the good news is, <laughs> but God, being rich in mercy, he loved you when you could not love him back. He loved you when you could not worship him back. He loved you when you could not even say his name. Even when you did not know his name, God loved you. Right? But see, see this. What, what did God's love do? God's love raised us up, right? He made us alive together with Christ raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where are you guys seated? Where is each and every one of us seated? Whoever has believed in Jesus, whoever has heard the gospel, believed in Jesus, where are you seated? This is not something that is about to happen. Okay, You will not be seated with Christ when Jesus comes again and he takes you. No, it's talking about right now, you've already, you are already there. It's a positional authority. So where are you seated? Come on, guys. You, you don't seem convinced. Do you know if Joel had got a promotion and he became like the team leader of his entire team, you know how, how excited he would be? And how loudly he would shout and he would say, you know, guys, I got this promotion. And you guys are seated far above every power, every authority. And yeah, I'm serious. Come on, guys, be convinced. Where are you seated? Confidence. 
because our, this confidence that comes is not from the things that we do it, it's it's not because of the achievement it's beca not because of the number of hours that we've prayed it, this confidence comes because of what jesus has done on the cross so if you can see that jesus has done something on the cross then you should have the confidence that i am seated i'm seated far above every power even though my mind does not say so even though my body still feels weak and sick and even though my heart is struggling to forgive some people but the reality is i'm still seated far above because i did not make myself sit there it is god who made me sit there hallelujah okay i need i need a volunteer here jeremy aa jao jeremy is my favorite volunteer so i'm going to tell you an illustration okay based on this passage and you probably have heard this but give it full attention it's important okay imagine there was a king in the in a place do you know how kings are they are amazingly rich and wealthy and prospering and the king had a son his name was jeremy okay when that son was 2 years old when he was just a baby somebody kidnapped him sad story now somebody kidnapped him and sold him not sold him just put him outside a beggar's house so a beggar adopted jeremy not me i'm not a beggar a beggar adopted jeremy and uh, kept him in the house for 20 years jeremy is where where is he in the beggar's house who is he what is his identity he's a prince he's a prince but because he was kidnapped when he was young he thinks that he's a beggar because he has been at the house of the beggar for 20 years and he has seen what his so called adopted father is doing he does the same so he thinks that he's a beggar so his father his adopted father told him jeremy you know what the only way to make money is not to work the only way to make money is by sitting outside the temple and begging that's the best way to make money and you also know that we need to give 10% to the mafia and <laughs> just adding more color okay so jeremy is begging outside the temple right jeremy do you know how to beg can you show us show some humility so because jeremy is a beggar he has no self confidence self esteem is zero no confidence at all because he is living off what other people give it's charity so i'm saying you you have to bend a little you know <laughs> have you seen beggars ask for money they don't they don't, they don't stand at all so beg a little yeah and raise your okay yeah come on a little more okay <laughs> okay so this is this is this is his position i want you to understand please understand this is this has this has been our past reality all of us has been like this 
And we think that this, this is a very self-righteous way of approaching God. Oh God, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. But what are we doing? We don't understand our identity. What is our true identity? Our true identity, he's a prince. But because he's been begging for 20 years, because that is what he has been put into his head, that is what he has seen, he thinks that he's a beggar. Right? So he's been begging. For 20 years he's been begging. Then one, what happens is, one more volunteer. Uh, Joel. It'll be perfect. So his elder brother, as religious as he is, he goes to the temple one day. And his elder brother is also the prince, right? And he finds Jeremy outside the temple. Right? So if you found your brother begging outside the temple, what would you do? <laughs> okay, so he, 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 he picked him up and took him back to his home. Right? Now, how do you do it? <laughs> okay, I just want you to see so that you'll remember, okay? Now, this is the elder brother. He's always been in the house, right? So he knows his identity. He knows what it means to behave like a prince. He knows how to sit properly. He knows how to eat with the right cutlery. Jeremy knows nothing of that. So in fact, when they were on the dinner table, the moment food came, Jeremy ate even the plates. They was, he was so hungry. Why? Because he does not know how to sit like a prince. He does not know how to eat like a prince. And that's how we are all like that. Okay, so now Joel has taken Jeremy to the palace, right? Thank you, Joel. I don't think I'll need you. <clears throat> so Joel has taken Jeremy back to the palace and, you know, the father saw Jeremy and Jeremy, Jeremy, where were you? I'm so glad that you're back. I love you. And the father is, you know, restoring him. And the father tells him, can you bring a chair here? The father tells him, Jeremy, you're called to be a prince. I am the king of kings, but you're called to be a king so that I can be the king of kings. Right? God is the king of kings. Jesus is the king of kings. That means you and me need to be kings. So he tells, Jeremy, Jeremy, this is your throne. Sit. Sit. That's his throne. Right? That's his throne. And the father says, hey, you've always been my prince. My DNA is in you. And I give you the power and authority. You don't have to beg anymore. You sit and rule. This is what this word says. But God being rich in mercy, what did he do? Because of the great love, he raised us up. And he seated us with him. He gave us the same authority that he has. So he's sitting, sitting on the throne. So the father goes out for some work and comes back after two hours. When he comes back, Jeremy is sitting on the throne. But what is he doing? Jeremy is sitting on the throne, but what is he doing? He is begging. How do people beg on the throne? <laughs> so, so what is Jeremy doing? He is begging. Why? Because that's, how, that's all that he knows. 
A lot of us see our positional authority is that we are seated with Christ, in Christ. We are seated with him, but we are still begging because we still don't know what it means, what it means to truly be a child of God. What does it mean to behave like a child of God? We don't know that. So we are on the throne, but we are begging. So what, what did, what did Jeremy, uh, Joel do? Joel was his elder brother. Joel said, Father, don't worry. I'll teach him. So Joel said, Jeremy, come. Je took Jeremy to a side and told Jeremy, Jeremy, just look at me. I'm your elder brother. You do exactly what I do. Don't put your head, don't put your mind, don't put your logic. You do exactly what I do. When I sit, you sit. When I lift my left hand, sorry, this is right hand. <laughs> when I lift my right hand, you lift your right hand. So they went to the dinner table and they're both sitting opposite to each other, right? Joel sits down, Jeremy also sits down. What is Jeremy doing? His eyes are on Joel. Because that's, that's the instruction that he got, right? What is Joel trying to do? He's trying to teach him what it means to be a child of God, to be a king's son because he does not know. So Jeremy sits when Joel sits. So Jeremy is always looking at Joel. See, see the, the only thing that he is going in his mind, okay, to look at Joel. When he sits, he sits. When he takes the fork, he also takes the fork. When he takes the knife, he also takes the knife. Do you see that? All that he is doing is just looking at Jesus. Okay, thank you. Now turn with me to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. How many of you want to be like Jesus? You want to be like God? You cannot be unless you see him. Because it is when you see him, you can imitate him as he is. Paul says, be imitators of God as beloved children. Because what do children do? They imitate their parents. You know, parents are so frustrated with their children all the time. But where did they get it from? They are imitating the children. Whatever the parents do, that's what the children will do. They see everything and they imitate. See, there's a law. There's a law is you become what you see. It's a law. You become what you see. A prince who has only seen begging does not know anything else because that's what he has seen. So for him to become and behave like a prince, he has to turn his eyes in from all the education that he got and look at the one who can make him what he is supposed to be. That's why the Bible is about, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. He's the author. He's not just the author. He's the finisher also. Meaning, he did not just start, but he will sustain also. He did not just lift you up, pick you up, put you on the throne and be like, now, figure it out yourself. No. He's like, if I have started this, I'll finish this also. Look at me. Look at me. Do exactly what I do. Do exactly what I do. I'm saying contextualize this for your workplaces. Contextualize this for your daily lives. 
see what Jesus is doing in your office. How would he go and sit in the office cabin? What would, he, what would his posture be? How would he talk to your boss? How would he talk to your colleagues? I'm saying contextualize. See what Jesus is doing and imitate him. Because as you see Jesus, you will also become as he is. It's a law. You become what you see. The problem is a lot of us who are saved, whom Jesus died for, we are on the throne, but we are sadly, we are begging because we don't know what it means to be God's children. We don't know. I'll show you one more verse. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. Say with me, now. Beloved, we are God's children now. Beholding the glory of the Lord. Meaning, looking at Jesus. How are we God's children now? Looking at Jesus. Beholding the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed. As we look unto Jesus, we are being transformed. No. Sorry. I mixed the two verses, okay? First John chapter 3 verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what will we be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. What is John saying? That we are God's children now, right? And what will be, what you have to become has not appeared to you. Why? Because you haven't seen him completely. As you see Jesus to the degree of glory that you see in Jesus will be the degree of glory that you will be transformed. So we are, we are wondering, why, why is my life not changing? Why am I not being transformed? Because you are reading through these scriptures like a, you know, as if this is like a research book or a maths formula that needs to be solved. I know most of you are struggling with this because scriptures are not intellectual. Only a spiritual mind can understand spiritual things. So when you read through scriptures and when you don't see Jesus, you have missed the point. That's why Jesus goes to Pharisees in John chapter 5. He says, hey, here I am standing in front of you. You are looking at your scriptures, looking for eternal life. And here I am, the one who gives eternal life and you've missed him. Look at Jesus. The focus of reading the scriptures is to look at Jesus, is to find Jesus in these pages. When you see Jesus in these pages is when your lives are transformed. Because, because to the degree of which you see Jesus is the degree to which you are transformed. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord. Okay, what are you doing? looking at Jesus, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Paul is saying, as you keep looking at Jesus, your own face is being transformed from one glory into another. As Jeremy, the younger son, looks at the older son, Joel, his behavior, his attitude, his mindset, everything is being transformed. 
You have to see Jesus. Transformation is dependent on what you see. It's dependent on what you see. If you limit seeing Jesus only on Sundays, you limit your transformation to only Sundays. If you limit to seeing Jesus only in your private time, now when I say this, I don't mean that you should not have your private secret time, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying when you limit to seeing Jesus only in your secret time, you limit your transformation only in those times. We have to become children of God where we see him at all times. That's what Jesus said. I, I do what I see my father do. Not just in my prayer closet. That is where it begins so that I can program my mind. But why, why am I sitting in my prayer closet? Is so that I can also see him when I'm outside with other friends and when I'm with my colleagues and when I'm working. It is to see Jesus even then. It starts with my prayer closet, but it should not be limited to that. Amen? So, see, the thing is, we are all seated with Jesus, far above. Every power, every rule, every authority. Correct? But we don't experience that in our life. Why? Because our mind is not where our spirit is. The body follows the mind. Wherever your mind is, the body also follows. What you call as life, what you call as the experience of life, truly depends on where your mind is. If your mind is on the things of the world, and when I say things of the world, I just don't mean the evil stuff. I mean the regular stuff, even things like responsibilities. When your mind is too engrossed in responsibilities of the world, your mind is not seated at the throne. And you miss out on the reality that God has. And we are thinking, why God? God, give me this. God, give me that. You know, we, 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 pray, from that, we pray from that posture of begging from God without realizing that we are sitting on the throne. That is what I meant. You know, we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. We are not praying for things. We are praying from the answer has been answered. That's why it's a prayer of thanksgiving, not a prayer of begging. It's a prayer of thanksgiving that we believe that God has already released it. But how do we get there? How do we get to the place where, yeah, I know that I'm seated. I know that my positional authority is in Christ. I know that nothing can touch me, but that's not how I feel. That's not what my bank statement says. My relationship status does not say that. So how do I get to that position where these things don't affect my mind? Say, looking at Jesus. Looking at Jesus. That's the only answer. Looking at Jesus. Looking at Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus at all times. The only answer. But how do you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus? In this room, how do you see Jesus? Where is Jesus? Which corner? That corner? 
this go? Where do you see Jesus? How do you see Jesus? Any answers? Hmm? You have to see Jesus. Say with me. You have to see Jesus in your mind. How do you see anything in your mind? How do you see anything in your mind? So if I tell you, hey, uh, think of a blue monkey. How do you see? Imagination. Now see, the problem is, the church world thinks that imagination is just a thing made up in your mind. But do you know, for God, what you imagine is as equal as for you to doing in your body. That's why Jesus said, hey, if you lustfully even think, if you lustfully even imagine, it's like already you've done in the body. Your imagination is as real as your actions. Your imaginations are very important to God and they are very important to the devil. Why do you think, why do you think the devil is pumping up so much money in the movie industry, in the music industry to show us so much of filth? Why? To corrupt our imagination. Because this is where our creative ability begins. No sculpture can sculpt, no painter can paint the masterpiece without imagination. Anything that is built on earth is built twice. Once in your mind and once in the physical reality. What pictures goes here matters. Say with me, matters. You are sitting on the throne, but you are begging. You know why? Because the picture that is in your head is that of a beggar. You see your picture as that of a beggar. That picture needs to be changed. So just, just saying, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life and confessing and blood of Jesus and reading some scripture portion randomly will not do that. It's a process. How do you make muscles? Asked Ashish. Today it was Sunday, still he went to gym. How do you make muscles? It takes practice. Say with me, practice. You don't make muscles in a day. Oh, I did 10 push-ups. Now, see, wait for it. Wait for it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. In Release. And it came. No, it doesn't happen like that. How do you build muscles? You exercise. How do you build your muscles in your head? You exercise. So if in your mind, all that you think are these negative images that the economy is crashing down, you're going older, you're getting sicker, you, you know, your health is going down, nothing is happening, no boy is going to like you, no girl is ever going to get mar married to you, if that is all the images that you have, even though you're sitting on the throne, you will experience Pathetic. You will be pathetic. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But after church, when you go back home, you still see the same circumstances. You're like, what peace, what joy? Why? Change the picture. What goes in your mind, the imagination that goes in your mind defines your reality. It will change your life and it will change your posture. Let me give you an example.
for example one somebody okay okay you guys okay you're working in an office and you got a promotion which was like 10% increment not 10% 10 times increment okay one more zero that's a huge that's a huge increase right so you got the news that you got an increase it's 10 times right and now you're driving the car you're driving and you're so excited and you want to tell everybody now imagine you're stuck in a traffic jam will you be angry because you just got the news that your salary is increased 10 times why because since you're living in the reality of that increase this circumstance that is happening right now doesn't matter it doesn't matter but imagine you did not get an increase and you're just it's a normal day and you're just traveling through traffic and somebody cuts through you like and then you forget oh sorry i'm a christian why imagination your imagination the picture that you have in your mind is not sanctified so change the picture your imagination is very important so where do you see jesus you have to train your mind to see jesus as much as you see jesus in the scriptures you have to see jesus in your mind in the circumstances that you're going through you have to see jesus in your mind what what if i'm just saying what if the thoughts that you have in your mind if jesus was there with you or if jesus replaced you in your thoughts how would those thoughts be would jesus be बेकार हो गया ओ फॉर जीजस बी लाइक दैट दैट्स हाउ यू सी जीजस एंड एज यू सी जीजस इन द स्क्रिप्चर्स एज यू सी जीजस इन योर माइंड दैट्स हाउ यू चेंज योर थॉट्स दैट्स हाउ यू चेंज योर थॉट्स डोंट वेट फॉर दोज थॉट्स टू गो एंड रिप्लेस दैम विद गुड थॉट्स सॉरी ब्लेसी It's not for you, you know. It's just that I shared everything yesterday. What what I'm trying to say is, don't wait for all the bad thoughts to go to have good thoughts. Just have good thoughts; the bad thoughts will go. You know, when I had stomach infection on Wednesday, Justin uh, he called me and he said, "Drink ORS for the next three days. You have to drink ORS. Why? Because there's something." poisonous in your body and that needs to be flushed out so the more you drink ors the toxins will go automatically so you i don't had to i didn't had to wait for the poison to be released to be excreted out so that i'll have the good stuff just have the good stuff the bad stuff will go how do you replace bad thoughts how do you get rid of bad thoughts replace them with good thoughts just have good thoughts if for a period if if you think if the reason why you are having such bad thoughts is an influence is is a person or if it is netflix or whatever cut it cut it for a time cut it for a season when i had that stomach infection i i i could not eat anything except rice and curd because my body had to heal which is fine which is absolutely fine but now when i am healthy now today i am looking forward to the lunch so so you i'm saying you have to see where your mind is if your mind is not well take time off to detox and take time to fill with the right imagination from the scriptures 
do you know the psalms if you read the book of psalms and e or even if you read the prophetic you know books they're full of images they're full you shall be like a tree planted by the river i'm not a tree why why are the psalmists using these images why because they want to change our imagination because once we change our imagination our actions automatically change it's it's automatic hallelujah okay let me show you something joshua chapter 1 verse 8 Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, before verse 8 comes verse 3 comes do you know that okay so see let's see verse 3 this is god telling joshua every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon i have given to you so god is telling joshua this is they haven't conquered anything okay god is telling joshua moses has just died god is telling joshua hey every place that your soul treads upon i have given to you it's done it's done it's a done deal it's taken care of god has done it but still joshua had to go and fight 31 kings you are seated there but still you have to fight these enemies in your mind you have to defeat your kings the day israelites got out of egypt god gave them the inheritance this is your inheritance all that you see all that land that promised land that's all your inheritance but they still had to fight spiritual warfare is not demons coming in you know and you're trying to fight them spiritual warfare is just fighting these thoughts that come into your head these wrong pictures these wrong imagination if you can fight that replace that with good imagination that comes from scriptures and that is holy spirit led you will be victorious spiritual warfare is simply replacing bad pictures with good pictures we are thinking spiritual warfare is and i'm and i'm saying this also happens we are thinking spiritual warfare is when you're sleeping somebody comes and you know chokes your chokes your neck and when you open you don't see anybody but still your neck is being choked that is also reality but to get there it happens when you have given him permission over here when you open the doors of your mind and you've let him come in come 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 oh you're giving me filth oh give me more filth ha <laughs> i like it toxicity wow nice nice poverty ha <laughs> yeah bring me bring me more give me more devil cannot touch you unless you don't give him permission do you know that 
he cannot influence your life unless you give him unless you have given him permission okay let me share one more revelation with you okay because you guys love revelation anyways doesn't change your life <laughs> just kidding just kidding <laughs> do you know how how the devil how the devil became the ruler of the earth when power and authority was given to adam you know how anybody because when adam sinned and god called adam and adam said i am naked i don't want to come god said did you eat did you eat from that tree that i asked you not to eat what did he do he did not take responsibility but instead of taking responsibility he blamed it on eve every time you don't take responsibility you are giving up your power and authority so the power and authority that adam had the moment he blamed eve the power and authority left him went to eve now eve has the power and authority now god asked eve eve did you eat from that tree what did eve do not me It's the snake the serpent now the power and authority has left eve and has gone to the serpent the serpent was the smartest what did he do he shut up he didn't say anything we are so quick to blame right quick to blame the pastor quick to blame our bosses quick to blame the government quick to blame the cm quick to blame anything and everything every time we blame we're giving up our power and authority every time we blame we are letting the devil take more foothold in our life it's your house it's your heart it's your life take authority don't let go don't give up so easily where are you seated you're seated far above so even though the mountain seems so huge you should know that you have conquered it be like caleb who at the age of 85 says tells joshua give me this mountain just give me the permission give me this mountain that i will drive out giants why because in his mind in his imagination he has been trained he has been seeing that he is driving out those giants for the last 40 years because he's been seeing that in his mind for the last 40 years that he's been driving out the giants he's like joshua just give me the permission i just can't wait just give me the permission i'll drive out giants because i had the same strength that i had when i was 40 years old because i know what god spoke to me through moses i know what what is lacking in you is not that you haven't heard god's voice you have heard god's voice enough what is lacking is in this season for us to change the picture that we have in our hearts and our minds if we can let god change the picture by getting on to his promises and proclaiming this for ourselves think about it abraham 75 years old it's scientifically impossible to have children at that time you know what god does tells abraham come out 
Look at the stars. Do you see the stars? Can you count the stars? You know what God was doing? Changing his imagination. Because in his imagination, he has thought that he'll die barren, he'll die alone. But God is showing him, look at the stars. Do you see the stars? That's how your children will be. Change your imagination. It took 25 years for Abraham to change his imagination. Change your imagination today. Your imagination is as real as this reality is. They, they, scientifically, they say children who are less than five years old, right, they can just walk around, you know, uh, break an expensive was and still be laughing and jumping. You know why? Because for them, the inner reality, the reality of their mind is so much more greater than their outer reality. They're living in their own world. They're happy and they're enjoying. They're living in their own world. Could it be, is that why Jesus said, look at these little children and he said, hey, unless you become like these children, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm asking you not to become more matured and to think more logically and wise. I'm, I'm asking you, can you become more childlike and say, Father, I want to believe in the impossible in my life. If you could do that through Moses where he parted the Red Sea, if you could do that through Jordan where they just stepped on the water and they just walked through, I want to see that impossible happening in my life as well. This is the impossible situation. This is the impossibility that I have. I lay it at your feet. Change the picture. Change the picture. Show me what you can do. If you can see it in your heart, you can see it through your eyes. Because what you see is what you'll become. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And we thank you for blessing us. Father, we pray. We pray today. We pray today that the Holy Spirit will, will challenge us today. Will challenge us by changing the pictures of our hearts. By sanctifying our imagination from wrong, evil, unsanctified thoughts to better, good, holy, pleasing thoughts. We surrender. We give you all glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.